Every Child Can Learn podcast. The podcast is offered to you by Backup Uganda. You can listen to our podcast online on our website www.backupuganda.org. And if you are in Gulu, you can pick up the audios offline from Radio Maria and Backup Uganda office that is located at Elefante Commons. Head teachers from the district schools can pick the podcasts from the district education office and head teachers from the city schools can pick theirs from the city education office. Do you like our podcast? Feel free to share it with your family, friends and neighbors. The more people learn about learning difficulties, the better we can help our children. Welcome to our 27th episode of Every Child Can Learn. My name is Lanyero Gladys. I work at Backup Uganda as the lead trainer. Today, I am happy to meet our new guest uh, who is going to tell us something about himself. Thank you so much. Our guest, you're welcome. Thank you so much, Gladys. I am glad to be here and thanks for having me at Backup Uganda. My name is Cyprian Anye. I am a social worker. I am qualified in the field of adult and community education. However, over time, I have had a great interest in disability inclusion. I've also had a background in sign language interpreting, which I've done it for quite a number of years, interacting with the deaf communities, and also stretching to other categories of persons with disabilities. So I am so delighted to be here today. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Cyprian, for that introduction. I have heard you mentioning something to do with hearing impairment. Can you tell us more about that and and what inspired you to be a sign language interpreter? Uh, Yes, I have been a sign language interpreter. And uh, starting with hearing impairment, hearing impairment can also be termed as deafness. Uh, This is uh, when a person is said to have a hearing loss, when they actually cannot hear like any other other ordinary person. But uh, there are those who have complete or profound deafness, and then there are those who can hear partially, and then there are those who are called hard of hearing, those who have learned spoken language and then got deaf or lost hearing along the way as they as they're living but then going back to the other part that you ask about my passion to do sign language uh, you know being able to express yourself verbally and also for somebody who uses sign language i've always thought and wondered if they could communicate the same exact thing if they're doing sign language and somebody is speaking it out. So this curiosity led me into learning sign language to find out exactly if I can say something verbally 
can it also be you know equated with somebody who is doing it in sign language and so that gave me the opportunity to learn to discover that you i know you'll you'll tell us whether um after getting the experience i believe you're enjoying it or you love it really and that's why today we are having this conversation you have uh hinted on different categories of hearing impairment i don't know if there is some that you've left out uh and maybe you could you also give us a few of the signs or how can someone tell uh that you have a hearing impairment well there are basically three or four categories which can be mild it can also be moderate severe or profound now mild is uh, when a person does not have the the full capacity to hear but when it's loud enough they can actually hear we've all had people in our community or our mids that need an extra tone or increase in voice for them to be able to hear something that's a, a mild hearing loss or a mild hearing impairment but then there is also moderate which is now at a higher level then when it comes to severe this is quite hard for them to hear around their environment and when it comes to severe usually we can get a means of correcting it by using hearing aids hearing aids are simply amplifiers so it amplifies the sound around them for them to be able to hear but then uh the one which is total deafness is called the profound deafness this one they don't hear anything at all and so the only way or the only intervention is for them to use sign language because um correcting it medically would be tricky so usually they are advised to learn sign language and communicate in sign language i i had also asked how can someone tell that one has hearing impairment maybe a little bit of the signs for someone to to tell i know you 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 hinted on um the categories that somehow they can be able to hear uh of course when you speak louder and then there are also those that uh understand when you use a lower pitch so those are few a few uh, signs but also i know there are other signs that you'd want to share to the listeners thank you yeah um there are a number of ways that you can tell that somebody has a hearing impairment and the obvious one is the one where we see people communicating in sign language when they are not able to speak so you see them using signs and this is an alternative for spoken language where it's um, a visual kind of communication that deaf people or people with hearing impairment use to communicate but also when you see people trying to produce sounds which are hard to understand or does not i would quote make sense within our communities we have those people who have you know they try to make some sounds so that they are able to say something or they are able to get attention this can also make you understand that maybe they don't hear you or they can't speak but also uh this can be uncoordinated sounds when they're trying to express themselves but um another way is also when somebody has a disconnect between 
the sound and actions because in our environment when you call somebody's name the reaction is usually to look at where they are calling them from but when you call somebody's name and they are not reacting at all or maybe they are giving you uh, an opposite or uncoordinated action you can tell that maybe they are not hearing actually for little babies when you can identify that they can't hear when you make sounds behind them or clap or do certain kind of sounds and they are not reacting we know how babies are so sensitive to sound so if they don't you can tell that maybe this child is having a hearing uh, impairment so uh, the other way that you can also tell is you can actually take to um, a specialized person to actually test we have a, a means of understanding or measuring the level of hearing or the level of hearing impairment that a person has and this process is called audiometry where you 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 have something sort of like headphones and then it has sounds from the lowest of the lowest frequency and then it keeps getting louder so where you can start to hear from, that's where somebody can tell that your hearing level falls in. Now that brings us back to where the mild, the severe, or the profound deafness come in. Because you'll find at a certain level, which is measured in, in form of um, a unit called Hertz, uh, you can be termed mild or severe, or profound. Profound is when even the highest of the sound you are unable to hear. The obvious ones that we've always talked about uh, is sometimes they are the kids or they are the people who ask for pardon uh, many times or they uh, and then also there are cases where one ear has issues and the other side is okay so many a times you'll find that they will turn their head to the side that uh, listens clearly so that they're able to pick the information. And the ones that uh, uh, Mr. Cyprian has talked about, thank you so much uh, for sharing that. I would also love you to help us. What do you think could be the cause of, of all, all this? What brings about hearing impairment? And then you could also tell us more about the myth that people say about persons with hearing impairment that you have ever had or that you know? Uh, maybe just to add on before I go into that question, uh, the other way you can tell for, for instance for children when they have a delayed language development because at a certain point you expect a child to start learning certain words but when they delay chances are that they may not also be hearing because we hear then we repeat what we've heard for us to tell that somebody's learning. Now, uh, some of the causes of deafness, there are a number of them, uh, but one of the very common ones is uh, what's called congenital uh, hearing loss when, it's, when it happens during uh, the gestation and childbirth. We, between that period, it can happen during uh, the formation of uh, a fetus in the womb, or during the process of birth, or slightly after birth. So this entire 
process is called the congenital deafness. It can be because of maybe there was some certain sickness that the mother went through or maybe certain medication or even um, certain physical uh, uh, issues that might have happened to the mother during that gestation period that might affect the child. Then uh, we also have some of the chronic infections or diseases. Most of the the deaf people I've interacted with, uh, they have shared with me stories of them suffering illnesses such as malaria and others. And uh, I remember um, uh, before 2000s, there was a, a great use of quinine and most of them relate their story to being, uh, you know, given the dose of quinine and then after that they just lost their hearing. Some just had severe sickness and then it went away with their hearing. But it's also important to note that deafness only does not happen around that time or childhood or gestation. But even at an adult age, it can happen. I know of another person who actually had a tooth problem. And when they went to the dentist to extract the tooth, they came back not able to hear. So uh, there was a connection around there that must have been interrupted with then uh, there can also be uh, the hereditary cause of deafness. This is the kind that runs in the families. In Uganda, we actually have a family that has hereditary deafness. Um, their, their parents had, and then the children they had, some children became deaf, others become, became hard of hearing, and then the grandchildren, a few also lost their hearing. Some are born hearing, but along the way, they lose their hearing. But this has been flowing in the, the family for, for the generations. There, there can also be an issue of your hearing actually being blocked by wax, excessive wax, which blocks your hearing canal. And when they become really excessive, as they say, there are chances that it might you know, uh, cause issues into the hearing canal. But also there are people who have experienced maybe serious accidents and this, uh, when you say hit your head and then it disorganizes the, 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 the area where your hearing is connected, this can also cause um, hearing loss. And uh, some of you must have come across children in our communities that start having some fluids flowing out of their ears. Uh, this is because of some of the infections. And if not intervene within time, can also uh, make this child lose their hearing. And uh, finally, old age is also another thing. As a person grows older, some of the senses, including sight, including smell, including taste and hearing, starts degenerating and this can also uh, bring about hearing loss. Those are the ones I can share, but there are a number of them that, that, that we can always discuss. Thank you so much. I'd also ask you to help us understand uh, what do you think would be the biggest myth that people have ever said about persons with hearing impairment uh, that you have ever had or that you know. Yes, uh, thank you so much once again, Gladys. 
uh, yeah, there are so many myths around hearing impairment, around deafness that we uh, interface with a lot in our communities. And the one that is prominent, most especially in our rural communities, is um, deafness is associated with superstitions or, you know, spiritual beliefs. Some actually say they are curses. When, when a child is born and can't hear and, you know, they can't communicate, uh, sometimes we have the tendency to think that maybe the parents have been cursed or it's some, you know, superstitious beliefs that is carried on into that family. But this is uh, not the case because it happens and um, it's been, you know, researched upon the, the number of causes that brings about deafness. This is just a myth, but it's not uh, the reality. Uh, also in our communities, I've also been a victim myself, is the, the, the thought that deaf people are very violent, that you can't really get next to them, you can't, you know, befriend them. But what I've learned over time and working with them is that when you can't communicate with a person, chances are that there will be miscommunication and the fact that you can't understand each other, there are other avenues that you might resort to. And sometimes we try to communicate to them, not knowing that we are actually being, uh, you know, vulgar to them and saying things that are offensive to them. So that also caused certain reactions. But if we knew how to communicate in sign language, you'd see how friendly they can be. And also, uh, most times we think that if a person cannot hear, or cannot speak verbally, we think that they can't be educated. But this is a myth because there are very many successful people who have had hearing loss, some even from childbirth. We have a number of um, professionals in different fields in this country. Actually, we have even a PhD holder who was born deaf and has never heard of any sound, but was able to achieve a higher level of education, which some of us hearing are not even able to reach at. So this cannot justify that they are not that they are unable to be educated. As long as you take them to the proper, you know, education system that understand their challenges, they can always um, get an education. And also, uh, you know, in line with that, we also think that maybe because they are in that situation they can't excel in community but we have so many that have stories of how they've excelled i've known of very many families where the actual person who has hearing impairment is the one supporting the rest of the family because they've actually excelled they've achieved and they're supporting the rest who are able-bodied who can hear and have all you know the capabilities yeah we also think that hearing people are I mean, um, people with hearing impairment or deaf people are a very tiny group of, uh, of the community. But this is uh, not the fact because there is actually significant people who have hearing impairment. Uh, the last census, which was done in 2014, had actually 3.1% of the then population, which was about 34 million and 3.1% of them were having hearing impairment. 
and that's about you know one 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 million or one point one million people and this is a very significant uh, population of the society but that was 10 years ago 10 years later we have so many that have come along so they they they, they actually many within the society but also the fact that sometimes we engage in certain things that exposes us to becoming deaf chances are that we might be many and that means being a significant group within the society should not be ignored and should you know be planned for in all uh, the programs and then also we think that another myth is that uh, once a person is deaf or having a hearing problem people think that that's the end of it nothing can't be done but there are actually you know a number of interventions that can be done for somebody that has severe hearing loss like i said before can be corrected they can check and then they can give them a hearing aid which amplifies sound and they can still be able to hear for somebody who you know has lost it all they can also still uh, learn sign language and communicate in sign language but there is also another procedure it's called a cochlear implant although it's a very expensive procedure and i think it has not yet come to uganda but it's a surgery that can be done and then um, the, the the hearing canal fixed so that you're able to to hear but if you are born deaf and you've never had any sound and you take this procedure it means you have to do a speech therapy therapy all over again for you to be able to learn to interpret sounds and then to make meaning out of it but for somebody who lost along the way of course you just recall how to communicate and then you go along with it sometimes we also think that you know being deaf how do they you know get into relationships do they procreate do they you know marry and all that but the, the the problem is actually the hearing only everything else is perfect and they have beautiful amazing children and uh, in, in line with that we also think that if if a couple is deaf the, the woman and the man is deaf chances are they'll also have a deaf child but that's not true because 90 percent of those couples actually they produce hearing children and these children's first language, which is their mother tongue, will be sign language, and then they will learn spoken language afterwards. So that's the interesting thing, interesting fact about it. And uh, these are myths, but we can learn to live with these people within our communities. If we can communicate to them, we'll have no difference with them. I'm learning a lot of things here, and, and I also believe this will help our people out there and and uh, many of them have had all this kind of myth in their heads and and i like i love the fact that you've brought it out so clearly and i i feel like uh we can still have a live radio talk show on this because you really bring bring them out so clearly and 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 the beauty of it is um they are there these people are there, they are within us, and, and we have failed to know. Sometimes I also don't want to blame our parents because they don't know what to do. But I love the fact that this information is being shared to our parents, through the community, so that they get to 
uh, know this and improve on them. Uh, I want you to also help us understand what are some challenges uh, you see with persons with hearing impairment? What challenges do you see that they face? Maybe a few of them. You know, being um, a minority group and, you know, quoted, you know, different from the ordinary people, obviously there will be challenges, especially in communication. If a person can't hear you or can't speak to you, you you'll definitely have a barrier in communication and then it, it makes it hard for them to receive information from us when we are speaking and when we are trying to you know air information via radio or via tv the fact that they can't hear becomes a barrier so they miss a lot on mainstream information but also relating to the recent covid19 uh, it was equally a very huge challenge because when everybody was um, expected to use a mask, uh, it becomes hard for somebody who communicates, uh, you know, visually, visual communication. And you know, with visual communication, you expect to see the face, to see the eyes, to see the mouth patterns. And there are actually some sign languages which move along with mouth patterns. And so when somebody is masked up, you can't be able to communicate clearly. They, they can't be able to get you. And there's so much information that we have on the face that if covered up, uh, we are not able to, I mean, a person with deafness is not able to, to get it. And also um, the other challenge is access to services. This can be access to health services when they, when they go to health facilities and maybe the attendant or the doctor or the nurse cannot communicate to them in sign language. So it becomes very challenging for them to actually express what they really need. Uh, usually they end up, you know, going back with a Panadol or something of that sort because they think it's just maybe pain in the head or some stomach ache. But when the diagnosis is not done fully because there is that barrier for for the deaf person and the doctor to express themselves to actually know the issue uh, you know the services also stretches to some of the social services within the community that does not cater for people of this you know kind of challenge so they miss a lot uh, i'd already talked about radio stations news bulletin uh, in the community spaces when we are you know, sending information they miss on this if they do not have sign language interpreters or people who can interpret to them what is being communicated. There is also a um, <clears throat> challenge with uh, having sign language interpreters. Right now, uh, there is a training uh, school for sign language interpreters at Chambogo at a professional level, but there are also other you know uh, short courses in sign language but still the the ratio of sign language interpreters to the deaf people who need the the the, the service is not balanced you find there are very few and some of them are converged within the city centers so the people in the outskirts out, outskirts the people in the countryside still have a big challenge when it comes to service of sign language interpreters
so they keep missing a lot on the the mainstream information and uh, this is also common with other persons with disabilities most of their families tend to overprotect them because they fear that the fact that they can't hear or can't communicate once they go out within the community or out of their home they can get lost or something can happen to them and they can't express themselves they can't communicate they can't raise an alarm so there is a tendency of them being protected within the home and not being allowed to explore and yet we all know that for you to be knowledgeable in certain things for you to be able to to gather information you have to expose yourself you have to meet up you have to network and so a lot of times they are you know kept within that same environment and they don't get to to have the exposure that would help them in future uh there is also a lot of you know discrimination marginalization when you you are deaf and then you go to search for a job opportunity and then the competitors are hearing there are chances that they will drop this one because somebody would think how will i communicate with this person if i employ them how would i communicate how would they deliver to expectation so you you find most of the times you know they are left out and they're not considered first place and yet they can actually deliver if given the appropriate environment too if there maybe there is an interpreter if there are means of communication put in place they can deliver equally like anyone else so uh in in an environment where there is one deaf person and everyone else is speaking they are cut out but imagine you're the only one who can hear and you're in an environment of all deaf persons who feels disabled in this case that would definitely be you so if we can make the environment accommodative for them would feel that equality for everyone so these are some of the challenges but they are not like some things that can't be dealt with we just need to have a mindset change and create an accessible environment for these persons and then we can have them you know deliver like 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 anyone else can do what do you think parents can do to prevent their children from getting hearing impairment looking at the before and after causes yeah uh, parents can do a number of things uh, starting with taking precautions like we had talked of the the congenital causes of deafness some of the things you know it needs to be you know taken the precautions as early as conception and gestation and childbirth if a, if a mother is expectant it's important to take all the necessary steps the the antenatal visits the you know medical advice so that we don't take chances you know sometimes people take chances and then you produce a child with a challenge and then you know it's related to a curse and then a problem and then a problem so some of the things are basics if we put in the right you know procedures we do all that is necessary and then you uh, reduce the chances of having a child with congenital deafness but also on a day to day you know practicing healthy 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 
healthy ways to do things, healthy practices around home, uh, guiding our children uh, to keep your ears clean, to you know play in safe spaces because some of these things actually might 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 bring about these problems if they get an accident if they get a blocked here if they get infections into their ears then they can lose it at some point so keeping keeping making sure that they they, they, they are keeping healthy practices but also for mothers still uh Mothers who are expectant to keep away from drugs and alcohol because uh, this can also affect the fetus and then bring about some of these challenges, including deafness. But also, when, 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 when children get uh, diseases such as measles, such as jaundice, it's good for them to get early interventions, early treatment. I've told you of cases where there, there are people who are now adults but their, their deafness or their hearing loss is associated to severe illness that was not intervened in time. So this has costed them a, life, a lifetime of not being able to communicate. So if we see this and then we, you know, um, if we are swift with, with the interventions, we can get to avoid them. And also keeping our, you know, environment healthy, making sure that uh certain medications certain equipment away from the children that would cause them some of these issues and uh sometimes over exposure to loud sounds very high volume very loud sounds can also over time degrade our capacity to hear well so as parents we can always make sure that the children within our homes our environments use uh you know moderate sounds we've seen kids on the street you know holding headphones on their head and then they're playing so loud very 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 loud music and then over time you call them and they can't respond and then this keeps degrading and degrading so just keeping making sure that you know they're doing some of these practices but it's important also to seek uh, a professional to screen yourself once in a while. If you notice there are some irregularities on how somebody is responding, you can take the time to check out how uh, they, they are performing in terms of their level of hearing. But above all, uh, programs like this that Backup Uganda is doing to sensitize the community to give information so that people can know some of the things and then get to practice them through you know some of the means of sensitization this is also very key and uh, we are grateful for this how about mothers who go to um, happening places where there is loud noise uh, does that also affect the the unborn child uh, i know someone will be thinking of the same way we have seen people go to clubs when they are pregnant and you know the sound that they play when you're in the club it's not that sound that you talked about it's usually a loud sound actually there there are many of us who want to dance close to the speaker you know how you want to feel the music deep down in your heart so does that also affect the, the, the unborn child yes it, it does because um, a child 
information actually starts hearing the parents uh, it's about five to six months thank you for and, uh, listening to medically, every child can learn a mother Please share your thoughts to keep with speaking us. to the join the conversation the on facebook the or send your questions and uh, this happens that when the baby is finally born they can recognize certain sounds that they've been hearing you want to learn more about backup uganda so whatever sound that this child gets exposed to it can affect them positively or negatively so if it's very loud sounds there are high chances that it would also affect this child and follow us on this is a period that a mother has to be so careful what they expose their fetus to because yeah they, they they get to be affected by this so yeah it's 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 a it's a precaution mothers can also keep away from this uh mothers out there you've had uh this information uh lastly what do you think teachers uh i know you've already talked about parents but teachers and the government can do to help persons with hearing impairment as we summarize this discussion. Thank you so much. Uh, for teachers, I think it's very important to keep our schools and our environment accessible as much as possible. For children with hearing impairment, it's good to, to have as much visual aids as possible when teaching them so that they can learn visually as they they also communicate in sign language but on a on a government perspective it's good to ensure that facilities or service points such as health facilities you know public places where people can get different services have at least interpreters that can communicate and pass the information to them but also to make sure that uh, Sign language is, is in the media spaces. I want to um, applaud the government for making sure that some of the, the news bulletin in some of the national TV stations have interpreters, but that's not enough because this only provides for news hours, but there are other programs, other educative programs and so much more that these people can benefit from. For instance, during COVID-19 when uh, schools resorted to online learning through TVs. There were teachers who would speak, but you know, a child who, who has hearing impairment would not be cutted for. But if this was in, in, in the exclusive programming, then they would also get to, to get some of these educative programs, some of the entertainment, so that they feel not left out. And it's also important to to promote education for persons with hearing impairment, even if it comes to waivers. Uh, for instance, in Chambogo University, when a person is uh, when a person has a disability, including hearing impairment, and they are taken on government scholarship, the university provides for them sign language interpreters. But this is something that can be, you know, uh, duplicated in all the institutions of higher learning and even you know secondary schools so that they are able to to be to access education and to have a future like anyone else but it's also important to promote skilling and to 
to, to give to open up employment opportunities irrespective of somebody's you know status of disability because like they say disability is not inability when you see somebody with a disability somebody who has a hearing impairment and then you're first to judge that they can't do it uh, you may be missing a very good talent but it's good to take that opportunity to find out how much they can do and there are chances that they will do even better but also importantly is to ensure that you know uh, sexual and reproductive health services are open up to uh, persons with hearing impairment because uh, this information helps in, in you know managing families managing children and, and and it's also economically important to them on how much they can save for themselves and how much they can develop themselves in the long run so this is very important for them and of course making information available as much as possible thank you so much uh cyprian for sharing all that uh, it has really been amazing and the information has been so good i believe our listeners will take everything that you've been sharing and and more emphasis uh to the government as well that our schools should as well uh, employ teachers with the knowledge of sign language because this has always been the biggest challenge in our schools and that is why you'll find that uh, children with total uh, deafness will always have their separate unit which is not the best thing since we are looking at inclusion in this context thank you so much uh uh, Mr. Cyprian, as backup Uganda, we always say every child can learn. Thank you.